All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 30 of the DFO Rundown. I'm Jason Greger along with Frank Saravalli coming to you once again from the woodjerseys.com studio. You will see the uh, Boston Bruins wood jersey behind me. It's fantastic. Go to woodjerseys.com. They are an officially licensed NHL apparel. Uh, see if they've got your favorite team. They're getting more in stock uh, every day. It, uh, they're getting a new uh, drill set, I think they told me, uh, laser that they, they put this in to make every jersey very intricate. I know Vegas and Seattle are coming uh, for those two diehard fan bases, and uh, they'll have more. So check it out at woodjerseys.com. And uh, we welcome in a free agent, Frank Saravalli. Oh, how the tables have turned, Frank. Jeez, um, where, where would we put you on the uh, – geez, I might have to make a free agent board and see where I'd rank you. Yeah, I'm not not sure I'm making that board, but uh, yeah, thanks. It's been an overwhelming week leaving TSN after six years and nothing but great things to say about TSN, how they treated me, the platform I got, and also the teammates that I worked with. Like that was a really hard decision to, to, uh, to leave behind some people that became like family. Bob McKenzie, Darren Dreger, Pierre Lebrun, uh, all the people that worked behind the scenes to make our shows look good and and we talk to on a regular basis, Craig Button, Sarah Orleski, uh, just really, really good friends. And that was hard to walk away from, but uh, it was time for a change. 
And I'm excited to see what's around the corner. It's been uh, an overwhelming week in some ways uh, with the response. Um, you know, certainly getting some things that I, I could say maybe I wasn't expecting or weren't on my radar, but here we are. And are you in a rush to uh, make a new decision or do you have some time? I'm not in a rush, but like my wife is like, Hey, like when's our, when's your next paycheck coming in? So, I mean, that is like kind of a important thing. Uh, I want to find the right fit. And that's the thing is, um, you know, with a few different things to consider, uh, I'm really interested in, in finding a place that, um, you know, there's room for growth, finding a place where uh, I can work with great people. And, uh, you know, that exists out there. It's just a matter of where and when. Uh, well, obviously you want to do, uh, do you want to focus on writing more so than video is writing? Cause writing's kind of your primary love, correct? Yeah. I mean, it's funny, like the more TV you do, um, I think the more you, and you, your hours and your day get parsed out, you know, you got, you're balancing making calls and trying to get, you know, insider info. Um, you you've got your time to write and then you've got your time to do TV. And I think you realize when you write, just how much, how labor intensive it is. And I, you know, I always knew that, but I think doing it in a couple different stops in my career now, uh, there's one thing to kind of do it on deadline in the last hour after a game or hitting send at the buzzer. It's another thing to, you know, crank out a story while you're doing all those other things at the same time, stopping to do radio, stopping to do a podcast. Uh, so yeah, I, I really want to write. Uh, that's always going to be a part of what I do. Uh, looking to do, continue to, to do TV and, and be on a television platform, whether it's linear or on, uh, on the internet and yeah, continuing to do the DFO rundown. That's not going anywhere. And yeah, it's been fun. So, um, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I, I get the, the multitasking of different platforms. I've got the podcast. I got a four hour radio show every day. And then, uh, you know, I'm writing and in playoffs, writing a few articles a day. So it's, yep. uh, it's challenging. It's fun to, uh, to mix and match. It is, you kind of get into a rhythm when you're writing. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, you got to go do something else for the, for the podcast or the, or the, uh, or the radio show or a different interview. Cause someone or calls pick up my daughter at school in the middle of the day. Like, I mean, there's yeah. like well, something yeah. always pops up. Like you're like, Oh, I got to do this. Got to do that. And you just got to put it down and then you got to pick it back up again. Yeah. So sometimes I find it's good to walk away from writing for a while. Cause then I, I come back and I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't like that. I'll tell you what, you know, it's funny. Um, this week, as I was kind of thinking about like that break from my keyboard, there were a couple of times where I was like, man, I wish I had somewhere to write this week just to hang my hat to say like, Hey, I, I've been thinking of this story. Like, so I'll give you an example. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, everyone's been talking about with the overtime games, the caps have had, how come Alex Ovechkin, can you believe that he's played 41 overtime games in his playoff career and he doesn't have a single goal? And so I was going to go through and, and sort out and not to give away any story ideas to any other journalists listening, please don't do this because this is my story. But I was going to go through and, and, and figure out all of his ice time in those overtimes yeah. and then see if I could get an analytics guru or stats guy to give me what the chances are that Ovi would have scored a goal and I was told just in brief conversations that, by the way, it's probably lower than you think because you got to factor in how little power play time there is in overtime and then, you know, calculate, you know, the number of goals that OV scores at even strength versus power play and figure all that out. But still, you would think 41 games, even if, you know, you get a few double overtimes, a few that end quickly, probably an average of 10 minutes a game. You're looking at like, Four, you know, 400 minutes of hockey, then he plays a third of that. You'd have to think that Ovi would score at some point during that stretch.
Yeah, yeah. You just have to figure out the goals per 60 at five on five is what you'd be looking at to, you know, look at his career. So yeah, it is, is it's a it's a unique stat, no question. One that kind of kind of catches your eye a little bit and just illustrates like, look, Ryan Lomberg in uh, in OT last night. Like, who had Ryan Lomberg? And by the way, that was a sweet goal that he scored too. It was for the, the Lamborghini. And that's yeah, the thing. The He's Florida actually Panthers. So overtime's great because you never know. He'd he'd be the only Panther who didn't even have a shot on goal mm-hmm. up until that point. And then he scores, you know, puts on the burners. Uh, scores a goal, you know, Paul Byron's goal uh, late in the game, shorthanded, by the way. So uh, let, let's get into it, Frank. And, you know, we look forward to, to seeing where, you, where you're landing. Um, you know, obviously it'll be part of dailyfaceoff.com uh, either way. So well, we look forward to that. Um, the uh, the playoffs has been, you know what, uh, you got the, the number one seeds. Now, I know it's only one game, but, uh, you know, Toronto's trailing, but Carolina's up, Pittsburgh's up, Colorado, like Colorado and Carolina have looked pretty dominant. Mm-hmm. But I was crunching the numbers, Frank, from, from series to series. All right. And- you know, lots, some series are averaging eight power plays a, ga- a game. Some are averaging five, you know, and that's, and that's total amount of power plays. It was only one game, but the Edmonton and Winnipeg one, and of course, order fans are livid because there's only one power play, but that was probably the least physical of all the games I've seen thus far. Some thought it was due to no fans, but then Toronto and Montreal came out and completely quashed that idea because, mm-hmm. you know, right from the opening face off, those two teams were running at each other. And I think that's how Montreal feels they can win is if they try to, you know, be super physical. Has there been a series thus far that surprised you, A, and then B, being like, this is my go-to must-watch series? Well, my go-to must-watch the whole time has been Florida-Tampa. Um, I mean, and then you see that comeback by the Panthers in game three, seasons on the ropes. Like, they go down 3 nothing. like, say goodnight, that's over. They find a way to pull it off in OT. But what surprised me that has been really interesting has been Pittsburgh and the Islanders. I did not see this many goals coming. You know, you have a 5-4 game in game three. Nassau Coliseum is alive. That place never seems to disappoint. It's like on its like eighth life, by the way. And, you know, I, I just I'd expected a little bit more of a boring series just because not to say the Islanders play boring, but they're usually so defensively sound that they don't give up a lot and it makes it hard. And then it's also been pretty physical as well. Yeah, it's been very physical. I'll say this, Varlamov in game two, the goal he allowed, the first goal, that was terrible. And you can argue it kind of cost him a game in a 2-1 game. And then last night, I thought there was, or on Friday, Thursday night, I thought there was two goals again where you're just like, oof. You know, and I, I think part of why there's so many goals is some of those goals Varlamos let in. They just were the New York Islanders goaltenders weren't allowing in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. And look, sometimes that changes on a game to game basis in the playoffs. Speaking of goalie moves, what do you think of the decision to go to Chris Dreger in Florida? Well, well, you know what? It's funny because he's a pending UFA and I, I don't see any way he's signing in Florida because they've got Knight coming and yeah. they got Bobrovsky on a lifetime deal. It seems <laughs> so, you know what, Joe Quenville in the playoffs, you're the coach. You're not caring about the future. You're not caring about the contract. You're caring about winning. And I think he felt like, you know what? We give the guys the best chance, but now I think Bobrovsky's obviously starting game four because he came in relief and shut the door. Right. Yeah, and that's, and maybe, hey, Joe Quenville's, he's won a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had Dave Bolin on the pod and he talked about how Coach Q was just such a really good communicator. And, you know, he, he wanted to win. And so he does as the heart, I, I respect it because it's a hard decision to not play your $10 million goaltender. That's a Is really it? hard decision. I don't, right? I mean, 
I don't know. Cause again, if, if you don't care about the contract and you're just dealing with the guys in front of you, I would say it's not. And you go with Dreger. And in fact, I would say if Dreger lost, we'd have been seeing Spencer Knight for game four. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, the leash was obviously a little bit thin on Bobrovsky entering the playoffs anyway, just based on the way the season went, his numbers, uh, Dreger's numbers against Tampa. I'm not second guessing Quenville at all. I'm saying like, in fact, like I, I just don't even think it was a difficult decision based on the way the first two games played out. Yeah. Well, Hey, and Dreger's- you're dealing with a GM, by the way, your boss, that wasn't, he didn't sign Bobrovsky to that contract. Yep. He it's not hurting his feelings. No, no, that's fair. Um, but so are you, are you saying now who are you going in game four? Like, to no, me, it's got to be Bobrovsky. Yeah, it has to be Bobrovsky, but I'm just saying, like, I, I'd even think about Spencer Knight at a certain point. Oof. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, I guess, hey, maybe he could be Patrick Waugh. Um, it's rookie goaltender. Rookies in any position in the playoffs. Are, uh, this, there's a reason why there's very few rookies who make big impacts year to year in the, in the NHL playoffs. It's such it's a different level. It's a different world. So you're right. You could maybe do it with Spencer Knight. Um, Tampa Bay is a really good team. And that's like, I, I watched game one and I didn't think Bobrovsky was, was, was awful by any stretch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can say, Hey, maybe there's some numbers because of Tampa Bay. You know, he probably got a little too aggressive on, on the, on the, what the ultimate winning goal from, uh, from point when he's in the slot area, right. That he mm-hmm. overplays at Kucherov, which is hard to do. And, and Kucherov changes a lot because mm-hmm. he wasn't there all season long. And now he comes in and especially on the power play, you got him and Stamkos on either side firing lasers. Like it's mm-hmm. pretty difficult for a goaltender and a Florida's penalty kill can, can just be decent five on five. Florida has been good in this series. Yeah. And, and here's the funny thing. I know this is going to sound dumb to stay and you say, and you can just stamp it on my forehead. Like how, like, seriously, how could you mess this up? I don't know that I was sleeping on Florida and obviously those two players, Stamkos and Kucherov being healthy, changed things a lot, but like, they're really good. And they're like, the one thing about, about Florida is they were going to try and bully and, and run Tampa out of the building. And I think what's been most impressive about Tampa in this series is that they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. We'll play yeah, any you way can. you want. And, and yeah. that's the thing is I think they thought that that might be their opportunity. And that's really how the season series played out. But it's like they found a way to flip the switch uh, when they got to playoffs. Like, you know, having been there a couple of times before, they know how to turn it on. And I think that's, you know, it's hard. It's easy to say and hard to do. Oh, and the other thing, I think, you know, bullying guys out of the playoffs is it's a nice theory. I'm not sure how practical it is. I think what you can do is on teams who have too many smaller light players, you can just toss them around because of sheer physics and physicality. Right. But it's rare to, you know, when you, they added Goudreau and Coleman and Maroon and, you know, and I think that that just galvanizes a group and, you know, like Palat's a big body Kutra, Braden points, like Braden points, a small player. You don't bully him out of any game, right? Like mm-hmm. you go back to his days in the Western hockey league as a 16 yep. year old and he's fighting 20 year olds. Like he was, there was never any fear in Braden points. So I think it's sometimes teams who, who are smaller overall, like if you have a lot of them, and that's why I think Tampa Bay switched last year when they went out and got those other guys. So I get why Florida would try to do it, but Florida themselves has a lot of skill, right? Like I think we're seeing that in this series. They've got a lot of skill and you just That's why I that. thought that they could compete in this series. And, and I actually, you know, if you rewind the pot a couple episodes, I actually picked Florida to win this series because that skill has been on display. They've been hungry. They play hard. Um, I guess I just, 
you know, and, and in fact, game one kind of showed that they were right in that mix, but then all of a sudden, you know, the way game two plays out and then, you know, you're thinking in game three, like, man, this team's on the ropes. Like it could be a short series. I'm not saying that they're going to come back and win it, but you saw glimpses of it in game one. And then also game three as to why they could make it really interesting. The one other thing that I'm tracking, Frank, uh, so far through 18 games, team that scores first, 13 and five. Mm. Um, Nashville lost. Uh, uh, Minnesota last night blew a two nothing lead. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Edmonton orders scored first. They lost Um, the Boston Bruins and and Washington in game two, Uh, Washington, sorry, in game three scored first Ovechkin and then uh, Boston came back. So it's, Man, the first goal in the playoffs thus far has been massive, important for teams. And, you know, I think that just illustrates how tight some of these teams are in these series. And, you know, the Boston-Washington series, three games into overtime, like, you know, my my picking under 10 and a half in the first round is looking pretty ridiculous right now because it's, uh, you know, what is already six overtime games, three in one series. Like, it's ridiculous how close that series is. But, you know, the, the, and if, I want to talk quickly about trade deadline acquisitions, mm. Taylor Hall in Boston, killing it. Jeff mm. Carter in mm. Pittsburgh. That's probably like most people like I thought, Hey, Taylor Hall's a, a, a reigning, a not, he's a heart trophy winner. He's a good player. So mm. I thought he would produce, but man, Jeff Carter in Pittsburgh, that might be the biggest surprise of a deadline. He looks reborn in Pittsburgh and just kind of illustrates how when you put skill players with skill players again, Man, uh, they can uh, they can fire things up, and Jeff Carter's been unreal. He's, I think he's got twelve goals in seventeen games. Yeah, I think he's been the best trade deadline acquisition. With all due respect to Taylor Hall and Sam Bennett, um, I didn't see this coming. I thought thirty six year old Jeff Carter, twilight of his career, you know, maybe takes one last stab at it uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then you see what happens. And you know, if you look back in his, in his recent history, he's almost got as many goals in this short run with the Penguins as he scored in each of the last four seasons in the NHL, like full seasons, not shortened seasons. So it, the production's incredible. Nine goals in 14 regular season games, three goals in three playoff games, more playoff goals, more regular season goals than Taylor Hall. And also the acquisition costs, conditional third round pick and a fourth round pick. And at the time they made the trade, I was like, huh? Like, I was like, Jeff Carter? Like, I mean, I, he, he was consistent and really good for so long and obviously a big part of their cup teams in LA. But I was like, I don't know how much gas this guy has left in the tank. And he's not just been reborn. Um, he looks like a different player. And the reviews in Pittsburgh, just off the ice and the way he's fit with that group and Sid, it's been phenomenal. Yeah, well, he is an Olympian, so he probably maybe you know high end skill, uh, especially for a guy who can skate. And uh, you know, he's always been a pretty good finisher. That's that's obviously been a great addition. It would be a fun debate over you know who's been better overall, Bennett Hall or, or Carter. All three have definitely uh, panned out for their team. Mike Riley Carter, in Boston. Carter's a non rental, by the way. Like, let me like not saying he can continue that same type of pace, but there's no guarantee that the Bruins keep Taylor Hall, for instance. Yeah, and they gave well, Bennett's an RFA. They're qualifying him at 2.9. Right. That's, right. I think, an easy decision now, right? It mm-hmm. might have looked a little bit, is that too much in uh, in the season? But now the way he's played in Florida, they're like 2.9 mils, sign us up. That's probably an easy decision for them to, mm-hmm. to qualify him. Um, give, give me your thoughts. There's been a lot of people wondering that, you know, Vegas rotated goalies a lot, but not so much. Is this, uh, are they going to ride with Flurry the whole way? I would think so. I mean, there's been no reason not to. Um, 
I was really curious to see what would happen in game two. Does he decide to rotate, you know, play flurry one Leonard two, and then see who had the better game. But, um, I don't think there's any question that Mark Andre Fleury has deserved the net. It's just that hasn't been the coaching staff and management's MO to continue to play him uh, night after night. So uh, he quite clearly, when you look back at his history and his stats seems to play well, the more that he plays. And so I think that, you know, bodes really well for Vegas. And, and by the way, enormous win in game three being down uh, all of a sudden, if they're a team that's down two to one, uh, and a chance actually heading back to Vegas down three to one. I think that's one of those series where you look at the season series and the success that the wild have had all year long against that team. There's probably, you know, that's one of those where you say there's probably something to that. All right. Well, yeah, that, that's something to watch for, uh, for sure. Speaking of the uh, offseason, we'll get back to uh, a few of the other Canadian series later on. They just got started. Um, the uh, the Calgary Flames season's officially over. Uh, Vancouver, of course, um, you know, some people were like, they shouldn't have done this. They should have signed Travis Green during the season. Uh, they re-sign him, you know, Benning, uh, you know, so they're, they're sticking with it. Are you surprised there's no changes right now in the managerial side and coaching side in Vancouver? No, I've been really consistent all year. This was a transition year for Vancouver, I like what Jim Benning has built with the pillars that he has in place. I think Travis Green is a good coach. He's well-respected. The players really like him. He cares for his guys. And I don't think anyone looks at this season and say, oh, Travis Green, he, that's a fine. Yeah, geez. Sorry about that. All good. So I, I don't think anyone's looking at this season saying Travis Green suddenly woke up and forgot how to coach. So I think it's disappointing that you let your – People flail out there if you're Vancouver ownership. To me, that speaks of a leadership vacuum. And, and you don't always have to be out there pounding the pavement, but in a market where things seem to get carried away, sign your guy, take care of him, do the right thing. We all like, you know, for Travis Green to walk as a free agent, it would have been silly. And I think everyone recognizes it then and they recognize it now. So why didn't you step up to the plate? And why does push need to come to shove before something happens? And then the other part with Jim Benning, Francesco Aquilini gave a, a statement earlier in the year supporting Jim Benning. You know, there should have been another one as there were all these stories swirling with Jeff Courtnall as an advisor and all these different things. Stick with your people or don't and make a decision kind of like the Rangers did clean house or don't don't let it linger yeah no that's fair so what do you think happens in calgary is there going to be any changes i i do think that there's a management change coming and i say that with all due respect to brad tree living um you know there's been a a long run there i mean this he's had this team for a while they've had the same core they resisted making changes to that core last off season. And in fact, in some ways doubled down uh, with all the additions that they made with, uh, with Tanev, with, uh, with Markstrom and they didn't pan out this year. And, and he, you know, his post post mortem press conference, it, it was a lot of, this is a good team that had a bad year. And this is a team that's consistently inconsistent. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think they're going to get a boost. And I, I think they could be a playoff team next year easily in that Pacific with how weak it is. But I, I, I see change coming, whether it's – if it's not management, then it's got to be blowing up the core of that team, either Monaghan or Gaudreau. Someone needs to go. They need a new look. It's been so long with a lack of success. I don't know how you can possibly run out the same group again 
having made a coaching change already, having added a goalie, having added a, uh, an upper echelon defenseman, and then bring the same group back. Cause see, it's funny, like Calgary made a pretty big splash a few years ago with the, the Lindholm and Hannafin for, for a Dougie Hamilton trade, right? That was a pretty major trade. And, you know, both of those players have been good for Calgary. Hamilton's obviously been excellent in, in Carolina, but it didn't really change anything, right? So that's why I wonder, you know, there's all the rumblings, Johnny Gaudreau, uh, Monaghan, you know, some people all, all of a sudden it's Kachuk and I don't, I, I don't get that at all. He's the heartbeat like, of that team. hundred percent. He would be an, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be trading him just because he brings different elements other than just scoring to your team. So, you know, they could move Johnny Gaudreau, but unless it's going to be a Gaudreau for a legit offensive player, rather than a Gaudreau for parts, mm-hmm. I think then you're just weakening your team as well. Unless they feel that, you know, having Gaudreau not on the roster makes them a better team. Yeah. And I don't know that that's the case. Like I don't, you know, there's always innuendo there about culture and whatever else is going on. I don't see it that way. And I've, you know, from all the discussions I've had, I've never heard that. Um, but you know, moving forward, I I just, where do they go? Like you can't, you you need some kind of change because it's the same thing year after year with lack of success. Yeah. I've always said this when I hear about, Oh, this one player is really, terrible for the culture well then your culture sucks if one player can disrupt yeah. everything right so then, then to me you you might have a culture problem but it isn't the one individual it's a bigger problem and you're trying to focus and, and play the blame game and uh, i always chuckled at that mm-hmm. uh many times that i've heard oh this one guy i'm like well hey there could be a guy that you dislike in your room that's there's been winning teams who didn't all sing kumbaya right and get along great at, at, like tons of it you know, it was so, Dougie Hamilton and he, he's a different guy and he likes yeah. libraries and let's get rid of him. Okay, fine. I just voted Dougie Hamilton got one of my NARS trophy votes. So like, Oh, for sure. Like, how's that working out? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. W- when you trade away good players and Johnny Gaudreau to me is still a really good player. He didn't have a great year. I think and he's got a fair. great contract. Yeah. That's I mean, it. all things considered, like, you know, you want to talk about Gaudreau and Monaghan and trading them. There's value there. Teams are looking at then they're looking at Monahan saying he's a 30, 30 guy and he's on a good deal. We're trading for him. Like it'll happen. There's value. So um, I I don't necessarily understand that part. Oh, no one wants these guys. That's not true. Well, I looked at Sean Monahan until he got injured this year. Nathan McKinnon finally passed him in goals from their draft class. Now I know Nathan McKinnon's a better overall player. Don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong, but Sean Monahan has been an incredibly productive player and consistent in Calgary. And, and very consistent. Yeah, very consistent. Like this this year he was banged up and you, and you saw the drop. Plus, when guys have an off year this year, I'm, a, I'm much more aware to be like, hey, wait a sec. The, there's the bubble. I've talked to so many players how this was more challenging than anything else. And some guys just, you, you were never, ever remotely wired to deal with something like this because the NHL players, as much as average guys, like guys, like I had more freedom, Frank, you had more freedom to go places. NHL players, you're on, you're in your hotel room. That's pretty much it. When you're on the road at home, they didn't want you to go. You couldn't even go get your own groceries, right? Yep. They didn't want you going to the grocery store because the odds are you'd run into someone potentially. And you know, just by luck, you could get it. So they didn't want that. And that after, after a while, like for single guys living on their own, you're on your own at home. You're on your own on the road. Cause they weren't sharing rooms. Like it was tough for a lot of guys. Some guys have to, you know, they didn't bring their families this mm-hmm. year. You know, you come home and usually your kids, if you have a bad game, well, they don't care. They're your dad and you get to hang out and have fun. And I think mm-hmm. when guys, if this was an off year, 
astute GMs are taking that into consideration. 100%. And uh, if you can feast on a guy who's frustrated because a guy had a bad year in the quarantine or sorry, in the, in the pandemic, that, that could be huge. So uh, th- that to me is what I watch for is to see, you know, which GMs overreact to a bad year in unprecedented circumstances. Yeah. And I think, you know, some people might, listening to this might say, Oh, it, that's an excuse. And, and the other part of this, that could be another excuse is the training. A lot of guys had a difficult, difficult time in Canada getting ready for the season. You know, it was, you, you could get ice, you could rent ice yourself, but you're the only guy out there. You know, you know, another guy I talked to that, that had a disappointing year. He said, the only place I could ever work out was my garage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the onus is on you as an NHL player to be prepared, but you know, I, I do think that there were some extenuating circumstances this year for the reasons you pointed out. And maybe there will be guys that are ready to feast on that. Um, and, and also just feast on the situation. Like it, it seems pretty clear to be that change is coming, whether it's with management or whether it's with the core, be ready to act. Yeah, it's, Calgary to me is one of the real interesting off-season teams for sure. Let's bring in uh, producer Ty for buy or sell. Yes, as always, buy or sell is brought to you by Jock Market, jockmkt.com. Find it on your app store as well. And we got a brand new promo code before it was DFO25, or sorry, DFO20, got you a $20 deposit bonus. Cranked it up. DFO50 gets you a $50 deposit bonus. Head to jockmkt.com. And we're going to start... With a hey, just bonus. Wait, just wait a sec. Just yeah, wait yeah. a sec. Um, are you uh, are you sporting like a playoff mustache? Yeah, I don't like talking about it because I was kind of uh, tricked into doing this or dared into doing this by the bosses at Oilers Nation. But I promised I wouldn't shave until the Oilers were eliminated, and it's getting Oof. embarrassing in a in a hurry, Jason. Uh, are you allowed? Cr- are you allowed near school zones or what? <laughs> All right. That is awesome. Greasy. Like, you know, oh, I love it. It's it's Ryan Nugent Hopkins esque is the like, is the polite way to describe it, Frank. Hey, like, what about hey, we should we haven't well, what about Philip Forsberg? Does he not have the Oof. greatest mustache? No, he doesn't in a long time. That thing is unbelievable. No. Like, that is thick, man. Like Sam that's a Bennett. massive stash. Sam Bennett has the best handlebar going. No, well, his is a handlebar, but like Forsberg is just like a big muzzy, it's, like it's thick. It's, like it's I like when like he got he has like the curly cue that oh, going too. That's awesome. Like I kind of you know what mustaches mustaches are slowly making a comeback. I think I might have to try one for the summer. Like they, uh, I think they're awesome. Yeah, I'm just getting ahead of the, ahead of the curve. Then uh, yeah, yeah. Can you so grow no one, Frank? Ever. No, <laughs> you grow a no chance, and I would never will. No. Well then don't talk shit. I, I've done, I've done Movember and it like, yeah. it was so embarrassing that like I got halfway through and I was like, look, I'm just donating whatever you need. I'm out. <laughs> All right. Uh, the bonus jock market question, Leafs and Oilers both down one, nothing. If you could buy the stock low on one of these players, who would it be dry or Matthews? Jason, I'll start with you. Oh, I, geez. Can I buy both? But if I have to pick <laughs> one, um, I'll pick Dreisaitl. He's he's had 1.22 points per game in his playoff career, and uh, he he's he, he he likes the physicality stuff. So uh, I would think him. But man, like Matthews at the post last night, post barred down. Like the guy's going to score goals. So man, I I I guess I'll say Dreisaitl because of his career numbers. But I like both. Get off the fence. I'm taking Matthews. <laughs> I mean, look, Dreisaitl. You you pointed out his career playoff history and how impressive that is. You know, Matthews does the hardest thing in the world. 
to do in hockey and that score goals. And he does it so consistently, scary consistently. Uh, I, I would be buying him all day long. Except on the power play, although Ooh. this year he's better, but it's amazing to me how the Leafs power play, how inept it is. And then la- and then it cost them a game by giving up a shorthanded goal. Like it's yeah. brutal. It's crazy how they went from 33% guys in their first 30 in first 20 games and then 11% the rest of the final 36. Like it's, it doesn't make any sense. Pets heads falling off. That's what their power play is. <laughs> all right. Uh, first buyer saw a question I got for you here, Vegas, Tampa, Boston, and Pittsburgh. They're all up to one in their series. This isn't exactly a hot take coming from me. I'll save those for a little bit later on, but I say all four of those teams that are up to one, they're going to win their opening round series. Frank, you buying or selling? I am selling. I like Washington still. And those games have been so close. Like that could go either way. I didn't necessarily love the reaction from Ovi on the miscue on the Samsonov goal that led to the winner. Um, you know, to me, I just like save that for somewhere else. There's a time and place and I get that he wants to win. Uh, but I still like the caps and I, I think they're in a good spot, even though they're down. Hmm. I would sell because I think the Islanders, if I'm picking a team to come back, I think it's the Islanders. Uh, you know, they get a little bit more consistent goaltending like they had all regular season. Uh, they're right in there. So um, I'll, I will sell as well. Number two, Hurricanes and Predators. You touched on it earlier, Jason. Canes looking dominant through two games. I'm going to say that series, you know, the Preds might get one, but that's it. It won't make it past game five. Jason, you buying or selling on that? Oh, yeah, buying all the way, man. Like Nashville, they got seven power plays in game in game two seven and and that's and that was a one nothing game for the whole time until you scored those empty netters late like are you joking how how can your power play be that inept you're not getting seven power play chances in another game moving forward like that to me that was their wasted opportunity right there so they might squeak out one on home ice but uh this is yeah i i think i said five at the start and i'll stick with it carolina is just too consistent i think this is a sweep Ooh. There you go. That's the whole answer, Frank. That's all you need. Yeah, (laughs) that's going four games. I just, they had their opportunity. I know they're thinking at home, they're going to be better. I'm not seeing it. Carolina is clear head and shoulders above the Nashville Predators, and they're going to make it quick and easy. Well, uh, if you think that's going to be a sweep, let's go to our next one. I think the Avs are sweeping the Blues, and I don't think the Blues really have much of a shot of winning a game at all here. Avs sweeping the Blues. Frankie Biner selling on that. Uh, I think they get a win. And I think that Nazem Kadri is the guy that opened up the door. You know, you, you look at the way that they, they got their doors blown off in Colorado. Okay. And then the response after the game, no one was talking about how the team is down. It was all about Kadri's dirty, bad, you know, whatever bad hit. This needs to be out of the game. We need to have more respect. It wasn't, the focus was taken off the team. And I think sometimes when you get that sort of artificial rallying cry that I think that that helps galvanize your team a little bit and they've got enough to, to take at least one game. Well, I think Colorado's going to want to lose a game because uh, that's one less game. They don't have Kadri in the next round. Honestly, like, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Like, honestly, like if I I know a team never purposely loses a game, but if you lose a game, that's actually a benefit because playing Vegas, if you know, Kadri's, you know, he's an important player to that team. And, you know, I thought Scotty Upshaw said it really well. He explained how, when you come across to make that hit, 
it is such a low risk chance of you not hitting the guy in the head when you're coming down and hitting on the backside. When you come in like that, it's you're, you know, at best, you might one out of a hundred times have a clean hit. He says, more often than not, you're setting yourself up to hit the guy in the side of the head. Even if you're not, that's not your intent. That's what's going to happen. So it's just too risky. And, and Nazem Kadri, he's an excellent player. Like mm-hmm. he can help your team. You know, he plays hard, all that stuff, plays inside, he's got offense. But that's three times now he's been suspended at the most important time of the year. And you become, you know, uh, dependability is the best ability. And when you're not dependable all the time in the postseason, that's a that's a crutch. So hopefully this time, because this is obviously the the best team he's played on. And how many more gonna times go to is it going to take? Round. Yeah, I mean, this well, is he's... why he's not in Toronto anymore, enjoying this playoff run with the team that won the North. Yeah, well, he's probably happy. Let's be honest, he's on a better team. But you're right, Frank. Like, if you, people they have to wonder, somebody's got to sit him down and be like, Nazem, figure it out. Because I'm sorry. When Upshaw, the way he described that hit on my show was perfect. He goes, this is this is something you know going in that your chances of land, it's it's ridiculous. So you just keep making the same mistake. He's got no one else to blame but himself. He's got to figure it out. But I honestly think Colorado will lose a game for sure, Ty, just because that means that there's one less game that he's out against in the second round. The uh, next buy or sell question I've written down here, uh, at least four games for Nazem Kadri. Frank, you buying or selling? Yeah, I think he gets seven. That's where I think it lands. That hurts. That's like 14 regular season games on the scale of one regular season game equals or one playoff game equals two regular season games. So uh, yeah, I think, I think that's where it lands seven. Just quickly. He is technically a repeat offender, right? Like the window hasn't expired on him at all. Well, the repeat offender only oh, it counts only for, money. for fines. Yeah, and it, oh, that yeah. doesn't matter in the playoffs because yeah. there is no salary. So okay. um, it, they look at his history and they say, well, you've done this, this, and this. You know, there should be incremental penalties, especially for similar instances. Okay. Yeah, see, I thought, he'd get, I thought he'd get five or six, but, you know, I, I can't argue with your reasoning on seven that they will. The last uh, one was five, right? Yes. Yeah. I Wasn't think, the last I, I, one just the rest of round one or yeah, something like that? Yeah, it was like just that? the rest of the round and it, and it turned out to be a, was it four or five? I think it was yeah. four. Cause they went seven against Boston, didn't they? Yeah. So yeah, um, six, maybe, maybe six, but I think it's yeah, more than but five. Either way. I agree with you. Like it's, okay. it's, it's going to be long. Seven sounds really long, but you, you know what? Hey, they're, they're going to clamp down for sure. So if, if, think about that. That's going to be minimum. If it's six, he misses three games in the second round, potentially four. Like that's, that's a huge blow. Now Colorado's a really deep team and, and they can overcome it. But yeah, he four is like four is the low bar. I would and if we were on Jock MKT, I'd be buying stock on four all day long because I know it's going up to five, six, or seven for sure. Last one here. Uh, let's move away from the playoffs. You guys touched on the Canucks and Flames a little bit there. Uh, I'm gonna say on the trade market, the Canucks have a busier summer than the Flames. Jason, you buying or selling? We're hearing reports that guys might be asking out. And if the management is already staying the same in Vancouver, my thought process is they might want to mix at least something up. Yeah, it's a good question, man. Um, I'm going to sell because Vancouver might make, have a few more moves, but they won't be as like impactful or big name guys like Horvat and Pedersen and Hughes and Demko, you know, you know, Brock Besser, I don't think is getting traded. So none of their main guys where if Calgary makes a deal, it's going to be a big deal. So I will sell because I think uh, I will say it to be a quality of player over quantity. I'm going to buy. I think Vancouver is, they're making big moves this summer. I think they're going to have a huge off season. I think they're going to do whatever they can to dump some contracts that haven't worked. Louis Erickson, you can't buy him out, but you can trade him. 
There's a couple teams that are willing to take on bad contracts. Uh, so he's one way to clear up space. I think you can move a couple other guys. Uh, you won't be re-signing a couple guys. Um, yeah, I just think they're a team that they need to re-sign Hughes and Pedersen. Obviously, they can make that work. They've already got Demko done, and, and I think that team's going to look vastly different and I think another team in the same category while we're at it, by the way, is the Oilers. I think regardless of whatever happens this year, I think you're going to see some significant changes. This is the summer that both of these two teams had circled to say, we've got a little cap space, finally, some flexibility. Let's make our team better. Hey, I'll say this about the Oilers. Uh, I think this is their most important summer in decades. Like, yes, 100%. This team, yeah. they, they've, they've finally got some cap space, but that doesn't mean you just – you know, blindly overpay like a drunken sailor on last call. Like you don't no. need to be doing that. You, this Ken Holland has had two good summers of smart off season moves. Like he didn't have a ton of cap space. He didn't, you know, like outside of the Cassian contract, um, you know, he didn't make any other massively egregious errors. I thought most were good. Um, they got to try to get rid of Koskinen's deal. But then, you know, what are they doing with Nugent Hopkins at what term potentially? Um, if they don't bring Tyson Berry back, which I think he's going to test the market and maybe he gets out there what he wants or maybe he doesn't. Um, I think Edmonton, you've got to get some better productive top six players to play with McDavid and dry settle. That's apparent at five on five outside of mm -hmm. Pugliari, their other three didn't get it done. They did not get it done. And you can't go into another season hoping that those guys will get it done. It was all about getting to this year. If you're Ken Holland, like yes. whatever you did last year in the playoffs, whatever you did this year in the playoffs, it was all kind of gravy. Like you're hoping to give your team an opportunity to go on a run. And if they didn't, it was like, okay, that isn't what we've built for. Now it's to get to this point, to make those moves. And, and honestly, I think Vancouver was the same way. It was this season, we know it's going to hurt, but it's about getting to the next year with the pillars that we have in place to then take a step forward in a big way. There you go. That is Buy or Sell brought to you by Jock Market. Stay in the game, jockmkt.com. Find it on your app store. Promo code DFO50 gets you a $50 deposit bonus. And with that, my pencil thin Muzzy and I are out. Nothing wrong with a pencil thin uh, muzzy at this time of year. There's lots of guys that have it. And some guess according to Frank can't even grow one. So uh, we'll see Frank. You should give another shot, man. Like, Hey, you got some, you're a free agent. Now you gotta, <sighs> gotta try a few different looks. No chance. We, uh, so I, I was telling you, I did that Movember and we went on a trip uh, a few years ago. I was actually covering the flyers then, and they had a West coast trip. So I was out in California, brought my wife and my young son out and we have this picture on our wall, like a beautiful scenic in Vancouver, in, uh, in San Francisco, overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge. And there I am with um, like the cheesiest muzzy you've ever seen. And my wife is still like, I can't believe that you had that gross mustache while we took that picture. And it's now hanging on our wall to remind everyone. That's perfect, man. It's perfect. You got to have memories. You knew exactly where you were. You'll never forget. Now you'll know exactly where you were, how old you were, you know, what you were doing at that time. You'll know yeah. it's November. You don't have to ask. Well, uh, I wish it never happened. <laughs> well, uh, coming up um, on, I'm looking forward to Monday's pod. Uh, Alan Walsh is going to join us and we'll talk about the agent world. And uh, he's, he's got a pretty big off season with some, some big name players and Huberto and flurry and a few others. So I look forward to that on Monday's pod, just talking about, Kind of, you know, how it's evolved over time. Uh, you know, we probably have to talk about what was the most popular meme and maybe in NHL history during the uh, the 2020 playoffs. So uh, I look forward to having Walsh on the, on the pod on Monday. He'll be awesome. And yeah, look, lots of other things to keep our eye on between now and then. Some coaching searches, uh, maybe some changes in management. 
lots to lots on the go here off the ice in addition to the awesome playoff action. That was episode 30 of the DFO Rundown uh, presented brought to you by Manscaped. Gents, you want to look good everywhere, including down there, if you know what I'm saying. You can get the Lawnmower 4.0. It's officially launched. It's awesome. And even better, you can try it out at manscaped.com. You get 20% off, including free shipping when you use the code DFO21. So DFO21 gets you 20% off and free shipping, which is a big deal right now. And uh, you can look good. And as Frank always says, it's a gift for your wife or girlfriend as much as it is for you. So uh, check it out, the lawnmower 4.0 at manscaped.com. Frank, have a good weekend. Uh, we will see what, so your prediction is seven games for Kadri. Uh, I'm saying six. I think both of us agree that uh, they're going to clamp down hard on him. But you know what's funny? Earlier I said, oh, for sure he's getting that. I want to recant that because nothing's for sure in player safety. Yeah, that's fair. I'll stick to my guns though. <laughs> have a good one. Enjoy the long weekend. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.